Time for Talk of the Town with Lisa Kay. We are on Talk of the Town today, kind of sandwiched in between a couple of midday Twins games here on KTOE. We've got the Twins that are going to be uh, taking over my time slot tomorrow, so you'll catch Talk of the Town with Jay Paul a little bit earlier. Uh, today, Mankato City Manager Susan Arntz joining me for a regular timed Talk of the Town. Welcome. Perfect. Thank you. <laughs> Welcome. Well, we, we were excited that we have the Twins that we're able to carry that, but uh, moving around my show is a little bit... Uh, dicey sometimes but we have a regular schedule and we're here to talk a little bit about sustainability um today and for, uh, the first thing that kind of comes to mind is when we think of the city and sustainability was the conversation we had last time about yeah, the, the water treatment the water, water resource yeah yeah recovery facility That's kind of part of it isn't it yeah wastewater is a huge part i mean as we talked about that last month we talked about uh the fact that that facility i believe is one of the largest recyclers in mankato because of all that we do with that facility to reuse, um, you know, we reuse the uh, discharge water uh, for, um, we, you know, take the methane that the facility produces and use that to fuel the, the boilers at the facility for the processes that are done there. We uh, share some of the discharge water with a local power plant that they use for the cooling their equipment. Um, and, you know, it's all treated and right. it gets, you know, then it gets reused. We reuse the treated wastewater. Uh, so, you know, once we've removed the solids and the other uh, materials from the wastewater, we reuse it for um, sweeping the streets because we use water to help with the street sweeping process. We use it uh, for irrigation at Riverfront Park uh, because we've treated the water. It then, it's not drinkable, but it is safe to use on uh, plants uh, that we interact with every day. Mm -hmm. uh, and then we take the biosolids, if you remember that part of I it. I do. Yeah, yeah, we take the biosolids that and use that um, with about 300 acres of agricultural fields and have partnerships with some uh, regional farmers. on. And then we take truck that out to their facilities and spread it uh, for fertilizer instead of you know additional chemicals or additional materials that they have to purchase and acquire. Right. And so I, when we talk about sustainability, that's just one small part of what the city does, although it's huge. It took up a whole entire talk of the town yeah, right, to tell us right. all about the things that happened there. Um, but when uh, the city got together, I know that there was just a work session um, on the Climate Caucus. Tell us what the Climate Caucus is. Yeah. So last year, there was a group of cities that were kind of partnering together to form and join the Climate Caucus. The Climate Caucus is a group of cities that passed some local resolutions of support for that effort and really was a nod towards our interest in uh, sustainable work and encouraging the legislature, the Minnesota legislature, and our federal partners to fund uh, you know, work around sustainable efforts in the organizations. Um, and, you know, at a, at a city level, there's a lot that we do that touch people every day that, you know, we don't always think about, mm -hmm. oh, well, that's a sustainable effort. You know, um, years ago, we changed uh, the chemicals that we use for fertilizing uh, the grass fields that are played on, right? So okay. We, you know, took the phosphorus and some of the other chemicals out of those. Because and, that you don't want in the water. Right. right? So it okay. improves water quality. Improved okay. water quality overall is a much more sustainable um, practice and activity for all of us. Um, so, you know, there's lots of things. And as we were developing and building this inventory that we presented to the city council recently, 
I knew that we were going to miss some things, you know, that things that have just become routine and regular, just as we were creating the list uh, for the council conversation the other night, um, there were things that, you know, that our staff kind of had forgotten about. Like we have plastic bag recycling on the first floor of the government center Mm. downtown. Okay. Um, And, you know, Hy-Vee also has plastic bags that you can recycle at their entrance and you know many of the grocery stores provide that service uh target has added plastic bag recycling to um their service as well um and so i mean our staff didn't think about that right and years ago we stopped producing council packets uh by paper so our council members have ipads and they can get their council packet which sometimes can be more than 300 pages so if you can imagine seven council members, well, just because I don't do math well on top of my head, but 300 page of packets, that's right. 2,100 pages that we're printing um, each time, right? Mm-hmm. Plus we have to print a packet that sits in the council chambers. So then that's eight copies. So now you're to 2,400 pages. Oh my goodness. And then I need a copy because I have to help <laughs> navigate the meeting, right? So that's nine copies. And then I will promise you that there'll be a staff member or two who will have items on the agenda that will they'll print their own version. Right. They might only print their section of the agenda, uh, but if you're in community development, which is often the largest um, page consumer, for lack of better words, hmm. in our meetings, because you've got the civil plans, you've got the landscape plans, you've got you know all those elements to a plat or a project that we might be considering on a different site I mean, you can quickly create 10 to 15 or more pages on one agenda item or the feasibility studies that get reported or our road projects that are books right and so it's not uncommon to have you know a council packet be 300 plus pages Mm. now you've got 10 copies you're generating three uh, three thousand pages of paper that i would bet 2,800 of those pages are going to get recycled right. immediately after the meeting. Right? right. So we don't do that anymore. And, you know, we've done it this way for a long time. Uh, all that said, it still is a sustainable practice. Right. You know, in it ter- counts. Right. Yeah. Uh, I'm not a huge fan of hybrid meetings where you have people in person and people online. Right. I'll just self-admit I'm not a huge fan of it. Um, that said, as a result of COVID, we got better at remote meetings. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, my preference would be either all remote or all in person and not because I think it's really hard for the people online to participate equally with the people in the room. I agree. And um, and so I, I just I think it's just not we don't I don't think we do that really well. Mm. Um, I haven't yet seen anybody that I could say, boy, they did that really well. <laughs> um Unless it's a meeting where you could have people watching remotely and people in person in the room watching, sure. but it's not a meeting where everyone's engaging, right? Mm-hmm. That that that's, Those are fine. So that was an activity that wasn't on our list. And I'm like, well, we should add that. Um, at our council, at the council meetings, we have um, pitchers of water and glasses that one of our staff members following the council meeting washes and puts away oh, okay. and then brings back out. So we don't have bottled water at the council meetings. Um, and a small thing, 
but it's another effort towards uh, sustainability. When right. we had the work session the other night, uh, instead of having bottled water for any of the audience or the council members there, uh, we, we had the meeting at the event center because the school district was using the council chambers for their meeting that night. And so we had a, um, not a pitchers of water, but we had a, I don't know what to call it. Like, like one of those big vessels yeah, that, that you, you know, that spout. have a spigot on it. Yeah. yeah. Right. So we had that with, you know, so it's just a different way and a different mindset of, um, you know, kind of like with council packets, it was a different mindset right. of here, you can do this on the iPad it takes time to kind of build that culture that this is how we do it. This is the new normal, right? Yeah. Carrying your yeah. water bottle with you. Right. You know, right. And um, so some of those small things are becoming part of our routine and maybe didn't get as equally documented okay. in our inventory. Um, and we're working to take that complete inventory and try and um, distill it into more of a community report that we can have on our website okay. so that people are interested in knowing, okay, say more, or didn't hear this show, or um, didn't have a friend say, hey, I listened to the show, you want to know about that, here, let me email you or forward you the link to the show. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, It's interesting that you come up with this, because here in the building, I mean, in the last year, we have gone paperless as far as our production. So if you buy a commercial from us now, we used to get paper and it would come with the script and all of that kind of thing and now it's all email everything right comes on the yeah. email and so we've drastically cut the paper down which yeah. is really really nice yeah and so like we um one of the items we've done is we've eliminated especially for internal documents and we have room to go mm-hmm. like there are still some sure. things i'm like do we really need to do this <laughs> we do paper? too we still have you know <laughs> yeah the people dropping off the paper yeah right right so we still have some of those things but we've moved to some of the interior the documents that we just use internally okay, um, where we use electronic signatures and it just gets, you know, cause it'll go from engineering to uh, maybe the contractor, then to me for a signature. And then it goes into a file contractor gets a copy. We get a copy. And so we've u- moved to just electronic signatures. The e-copies. Everybody's right. got that. Yep. Okay. And right. then we have a filing system that we use for all of our electronic documents. So, our focus on sustainability with the council the other night really kind of was looking at what we view as kind of the sustainability has kind of three primary effort or elements to it. You know, kind of there's an economic piece, which is usually big. Um, there is a environmental benefit, which is another pillar of that kind of the reason why. And then there's the social aspect. And we have found where the three aren't in balance the effort usually doesn't go well, and it's harder to make it part of the culture. So you have to kind of balance the social, environmental, and economic interests. Mm-hmm. And sometimes the information you learn from the one of the pillars of those kind of triad of things becomes important enough that the other the other pillars get there, right? So right. sometimes the environmental piece is so important that the economics catch up to it or that People learn about the environment, environmental aspect of it, and the social part gets there quicker. Okay. Um, you know, we uh, earlier in March, we had a work session with the city council where we talked about electronic vehicles. And we are working on an effort to incorporate electronic vehicles into our um, fleet. The challenge for us is that um, they're not on the state contract. Oh. So... 
what that means for the audience is uh, we have the ability to purchase things when they're on the state contract for a lower price. Um, and, you know, because to some degree, when government is buying material, um, you know, you kind of look at it's, you know, feels a little bit sometimes like taking money out of one pocket and putting it in the other, right, sure. of the same pair of pants, mm-hmm. right? And, um, and so when... Um, when you put, you know, when they create these standards, like the state of Minnesota will have standards for their own fleet, which is incredibly larger than ours. And they don't have these vehicles on the state contract. So they're, they're going to a dealership to buy these vehicles, just like you or I might as personally, if we wanted an electric vehicle. And so the cost of them through that mechanism um, is going to be significantly challenging. Hmm. So we we haven't planned to start with uh, four fully electric vehicles. We already have a couple of hybrid vehicles that we use um, and have seen great results for. Um, and you know, so one of the kind of that that social and environment or economic challenge of the sustainable vehicle element is the fact that it's costly to acquire. Right. Um, and then along the way, we have our maintenance crew that we'll have to train on, you know, how to, you know, the difference. And mm-hmm. they're excited about it. So the the one thing I will say, kudos to our organization is, I have not met employee resistance. You know, okay. some, you know, the social part, you know, of that sustainability sure. platform of, you know, kind of those three things. I have not yet seen that we have um, kind of the employee or that social aspect internally okay. of saying, yeah, that's not That's idea. interesting that you haven't seen it internally because I feel like externally that's going to come as soon yeah. as it's announced that the city's acquiring some e-vehicles and we're going to hear all about yeah. costs and batteries right. and all the all the things that come along with that. Yeah, the charging um, stations. Yeah. and I mean, there are some things that come along with it that we'll have to ev- evolve. And, you know, just like when we started acquiring vehicles once upon a day, we had to build, we chose to build a fuel island for our own vehicles uh, because we can acquire fuel in mass quantities mm. um, at a cost that's different than going to the pump like you or I would do right, for our personal vehicles. Right, that's why you vehicles. don't see the public safety at <laughs> right, the pumps. Right, right, yeah. right. Or our dump trucks, <laughs> Yeah, you know, pulling up to the quick trip <laughs> or the Casey's. That'd be a sight. Right, <laughs> that it would. But years ago, that was what happened, okay. right? And um, and so just like the electric charging stations, you know, we had to build a fuel island for our own use. So we'll have to build, you know, the charging stations. And we're trying to do this from a strategic and a practical perspective. So mm-hmm. really kind of knowing the environmental aspects, kind of balancing the uh, economic, which is big, and the social elements of, you know, kind of balancing some of that effort. So the public will start to see, um, you know, so, some electric vehicles in our fleet. Um, there aren't, we don't yet have electric vehicles that serve all of our fleet. So we have some pieces of equipment that we drive that there isn't an electric oh, sure. um, replacement for. for. Yeah. yeah, There isn't an electric one-ton dump truck. Right. Or maybe a one-ton. But like our large big tandem dump trucks that we do snow plowing with. Mm-hmm. There isn't an electric <laughs> option yet for those. Um, yet, I think, yet. right? Yep. That's true, yet. Yep. And uh, electric buses are getting better every year. Um, it's not, of, it's at the current moment, um, the cost of the, an electric bus is about twice what the cost of a 
a non-electric bus. It's going to be interesting to continue to watch what hydrogen fuel vehicles, as they get introduced, what that might do to, um, you know, our sustainable efforts. So we're keeping an eye on that as well. Um, so it's it's been an interesting journey and, inter- and a good, healthy internal conversation. As I say, we haven't seen um, that employee hesitancy or resistance. or mm-hmm. So that, I mean, kudos to our team, right? So, right. And Rick Baird, who's our sustainability coordinator, is, you know, he is so good at um, not just inspecting things. So he, he does kind of what I'll say is the internal and the external sustainability look. So he is the primary person that inspects, for example, stormwater um, activity. And um, when contractors that operate um, concrete uh, trucks need to clean and discharge their equipment, we've constructed a space for them to do that at the at our um, uh, water treatment facility. So, uh, and occasionally we'll catch things like people washing grease traps and putting it into the storm sewer. Mm-hmm. That's not, one, it, it's not allowed but by state regulations, but also it just, it's not good for the environment. Right, right. So Rick isn't the only one that's been, that's done that, but he has been a big part of that. Where are you sitting right now? Um, you said that there eventually would come some report for the public or something that we can go take a look at. Yeah. But so are you just in the beginning process of this inventory? Yes. So we have um, an open position in our communications department right now. And I have asked our team to kind of work out, have save this report for that person, the new person we hire mm-hmm. to work on, because that's going to be a great opportunity for that person to work internally with all the different partners in the organization. Mm-hmm. So it'll be a great project for them to get to know who's the team mm-hmm. and uh, work with them on something that is, you know, generally positive and, um, and, you know, be curious and explore and ask questions like, you know, why do we do so? Why did we do a solar farm for uh, our, uh, rental units in Mankato. Mm-hmm. Why did we do that, right? Mm-hmm. And and how does that work? And you know what happens if nobody signs up? See, I know the answer to that just because you were here on Talk of the right, Town. Right. I mean, that's the that's the <laughs> benefit we have of of the fact we do this work. Um, you know, some of the other things that um, we do that um, people, you know, it, it you wouldn't normally think of, right? It's kind of outside the the scope um, of sustainable efforts. But, you know, we're working on our transit development plan. And as we work on that, which is really a plan to guide new routes um, and kind of connecting people to the right kind of services and the right right kind of things they need, um, you know, that transit development plan is a big part of, you know, kind of how can we use the buses, which you know, a bus can replace a number of personal vehicles on the road. Mm-hmm. So how do we do that? How do we kind of manage that? Um, you know, the we have a, you know, rooftop solar arrays on many of our buildings. Right. So we're already engaged in, you know, some of that work. Um, the drug take back program, again, oh, you wouldn't yeah. think of that as a sustainable effort, but, but that it removes it from the waste stream. Mm-hmm. Not just garbage, but also, you know, a lot of times they get flushed. Yeah. And then we have to have certain kinds of equipment at the wastewater plant to remove those drugs that dissolve into the water system, mm-hmm. right? Um, so that's another big piece. You know, our hope is by midsummer we should have this report available. I know it seems like government takes forever to do things, but the reason we're going to take the time 
to do that is, as I said, we have a new employee starting, and I think this is a great project for them to be able to kind of take on and get to know our organization. Uh, and so we'll be working to do that. And then these are efforts that you know, we just touched on a handful, right? right? I mean, we presented 15 pages of things we're doing um, in this arena, and that's an effort that we're going to continue to look at, Mm -hmm. you know, kind of balancing all those, you know, kind of the environmental, the social and the environment, the economic piece. But then, you know, the goal is good service to the public. And, you know, we, sometimes we start with, this is what the public wants. So how can we deliver it in a way that balances those three, three things? I'm glad that you're here uh, because I think a lot of times when we live in the city, we don't realize all the work that's being done behind the scenes. Yeah. Um, and so to kind of shine a light on that and let us know what you're working on and why things are the way they are, always helpful for us. If people want more information um, about anything, is, is 311 the best place? 311 right now is the best because we don't have that report ready. Um, we do have a list of some of our sustainable efforts on our webpage. You know, as it is April and Earth Month and on April 28th, we'll celebrate Arbor Day. Um I'm glad to be here and to be able to talk about this. That hit me this morning before I came in. That, oh, we're going to talk about this. That's perfect. It's April. So that's great. Right, it is. And uh, Arbor Day coming up, plant a tree. The right kind of trees, right? Right, not ash. (laughs) Don't plant an ash tree. Uh, Susan, thank you so much for coming in. It's always good to see you. We look forward to our topic for next month. Absolutely. Thank you.